We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. At least for now, we've got baseball. We'll see what happens here in a week. But of course, I'm Eric Crane. I'm joined by we have a little three-way today. We got Squirrel Patrol, John Breslin. John, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Not much. It's been a busy day trying to keep track of everything that's going on, but I'm excited we still got baseball. So, yeah. And also joining me, Keith Eister. What's up, Keith? How we doing? Good to see you. Doing good. Good to see you. Happy yeah. to be here. Yeah, I, we're glad to have you here, man. And of course, uh, I, we got a little extra time today, right? We got started early, which is the opposite of how I usually do things. But you know, John, I'll just ask you right now how how have you been doing with you know no sports other than this weekend? I mean, I, I learned MMA, right? Like, I'm <laughs> having fun. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a great sport. It's something I never would have thought I would be into. But, um, you know, it helped me pass the time. And, you know, I've been reading about basketball, reading about baseball. And now it's, it's, it's great that it's finally kicked off. And, Keith, have you, have you picked up any new sports? Because, I, I don't know, like, I did some uh, League of Legends stuff. And let's just say I'm not going to go pro in League of Legends. <laughs> not gonna I'm definitely not going for on Counter-Strike I suck at that but uh Keith what about you have you been playing any of the niche sports I was out in those KBO streets for for quite a while oh. that was a good time <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Uh, okay so here's my question to you guys because I know the answer for me what happened to your sleep schedule Keith when you were blasting KBO oh it's still destroyed <laughs> still trying to get back on track <laughs> You know, it's funny. I was actually uh, talking to Dave Potts, Jesus Good, a few weeks, and I said, you know, my sleep schedule has become really bizarre because I only nap now. You know, I don't sleep for eight hours at a time. I sleep for two hours here, three hours there. And I quit KBO because of this eventually. But, uh, John, did you have the same problem? And are you still having it? Exact same problem. I did KBO for maybe 10 days. And (laughs) in that 10 days, I overslept my alarm twice. You know, and then, and then the other eight days, I've got my laptop up. I've got the covers pulled up over my head so my wife doesn't wake up. You know, she's like kind of groggily asking me, are you doing lineups? I'm like, no, no, I've just come back to bed, sweetheart. You know, but yeah, and I, I overslept twice. And then that was the end of my KBO career it, up to this point. We'll see what happens in the, in the oh, next week. <laughs> I, 
I don't know if I can go back to it, man. Like, I actually thought, you know, obviously with the Marlins and Phillies games getting canceled, I thought, man, if this keeps going, maybe I'll have to jump back into KBO. I think I'm going to still keep blasting golf, keep blasting some other things. But, of course, until then, we have still got baseball. If, you got, if you're playing on FanDuel, you should know that Locke is at a very bizarre time today. It's actually at 6.05 Eastern. They have included the Toronto-Washington games, the Cubs-Reds games, and the Atlanta-Tampa Bay games. We're on DraftKings, still at a weird time. It's 6.40. They're still including that Reds and Rays games, but a little bit different tonight. So we're bringing you Grinders Live a little bit early. So uh, let's talk about this slate because, John, I got to say, man, and it, this happens every year, right? Every single year we take a look at these slates and the beginning of the season, oh, we've got great pitchers. Oh, we have so many good pitchers to choose from. This is great. I don't. I can't decide between these guys. And then a few days later, well, things change up a little bit. And John, this is one of those slates because the pitching here is terrible. Like it's just <laughs> awful to me. Like I, I mean, we've got Mike Fultonevich as the most expensive guy. We have Chalk Josh James, which we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But let's just start up on the pitcher side because. John, this whole thing is a mess today. It is, and it's, you know, it's what, uh, the fourth guy in the rotation now. So we had all the aces on, on Friday, and now we've got the other guys. Uh, there was really no aces. Josh James is. He's, you know, he's probably going to be the chalk option tonight. We've got some kind of weird price differences with Fulte between, like, FanDuel and DraftKings. We don't know how long any of these guys are going to go. And then when we get into the bullpens, we've got the condensed schedule where, you know, all the, the bullpens are already taxed. So it's going to be interesting from a pitching perspective. It's going to be interesting from an offensive perspective with the stacks. We could see a lot of high run totals tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think that's one of the weird things about the slate because you look at all this pitching, and if everybody doesn't like the pitching, you would think everybody has to like some of these stacks. But, Keith, as I look, I see a lot of ownership is going to be on Boston. Houston's going to get some ownership. The Mets are going to get some ownership. But it's weird that we're on a slate where not everybody likes the pitching, but nobody really likes any other stacks either. Yeah, it's it's a very weird slate. Um, it's still – the whole thing is unpredictable. I mean, just from over the weekend, we, we've seen tons of late scratches and all that. So, obviously, keeping an eye out for that. But Yeah, we already saw that with Eric Hosmer today. If you were playing the early slate uh, – Hope you hope you got that news. Came out about half an hour before game time. Where Hosmer, it was weird because I don't know, John. Did you see this? Where like two days ago he was scratched with a non-COVID illness. He played yesterday. And now today he's also. I don't know. That's a weird illness, right? It's and it's a, it takes on a different perspective in these you know in these times, right? And we're going to see late scratches, and it's it's going to run into basketball as well. It's going to oh. be a huge issue there. Um, but yeah, I mean, baseball guys are getting scratched with no additional details and there's HIPAA policies and we don't, we don't know exactly what's going on. It's going to be an interesting season. It's good. Yeah. It's going to be weird. Like things are just going to get weird. Let's talk about speaking of weird Josh James chalk night. Cause I think this is one of the first points you have to decide because in tournaments, you can see right here in Rotograms, giving you guys a little peek uh, behind the curtain, see the projected ownership here. And there's going to be about, three-fourths of the teams that have Josh James on it. And, you know, we're going to talk a lot of tournaments on this show. If you're playing cash games, yeah, go ahead. Fire Josh James. You fire up anybody against Seattle at this point. But, Keith, I'm going to ask you right now, like, Josh James chalk night. Are you eating it? Are you fading it? Because the strikeouts are going to, should be there. 
the run prevention against Seattle should be there. The innings might not be there. And uh, I don't know how I feel about a Josh Chalk, Chalk Josh James. What about you, Keith? Yeah, it, it's the pitch count and the command that, that worry me. I mean, he can get wild and run that pitch count out pretty high. We don't know exactly how long the pitch count is going to be tonight. Um, I'll be fading it slightly, but I'm going to have some for sure. What about you? Because what about you, uh, Squirrel? Because I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, I, I'm single lineup crane tonight, all right? I've decided I'm single lineup crane, which means that anytime you're doing just one lineup, I like to get weird. There's no way I'm playing Josh James in a single lineup because he's just going to be so popular, especially in these smaller buy-in contests. You know, you look at the $15 buy-in, he's going to be 75% owned. That's an automatic fade for me. John, I'm pretty sure you agree with me here. What about you? What about where are you doing here? It's tough because, I mean, the temptation is to fade him, but I, then I don't know where you go. Um, you know, is it Tyler Glass now maybe, but he could have limited pitches. You know, all of these guys could have limited pitches. I was looking at the K props before the show and I think Josh James is, is at six and a half. No one else is over four and a half. Uh, you know, usually you're seeing somebody at eight and a half, you know, seven and a half, you know, six and a half. Uh, and then, you know, four and a half is, is kind of the low point. Uh, nobody's over four and a half except for James tonight. So um, I don't know. I mean, I think if you're going like single entry, maybe you're looking at a Seattle stack if you want to be that contrarian. Are you looking at my lineup right now? Is that what you're doing? You looking at my Boston uh, Seattle stack that really makes me feel a little disgusting, but Hey, single entry, you know, I mean, a little, I think it's a little crazy for multi-entry. I mean, I'm definitely going to have some Josh James, you know, I'm going to maybe try to cut it off at 50%. Uh, but yeah, then I'm definitely going to have some Seattle stacks because if he's, if he's 75% owned and if, if Seattle goes off, it's not like Josh James, it, you know, is going to, definitely shut them out and, and he's, a, he's an ace at run prevention. Um, so he could get blown up and then, you know, then the Seattle stacks can be carrying the day. All right. Let's talk about Fulton average because, you know, this is a guy coming off an injury, the match against Tampa. It's good. We like the ballpark in Tampa for pitchers, but you look at what the Braves have done. Neither Max Fried nor Mike Soroka through more than 69 pitches, even though they were pitching well, if salary, if he was 2000 bucks cheaper, I think I would have some interest in Fulton at the same time. Nobody's going to play Fulty. And on this slate, you know, if he gets you 12 points, that doesn't sound so bad. And if you've got like, I'm finding myself building lineups where I've got like three or 4,000 left on the table. And I'm saying to myself, why not play a little Fulty? I mean, it's, is he one of the safer options in the context of this slate, Keith? I think he is. He is one of the safer ones. Uh, if, if the ownership is going to be that low, I, I definitely have interest. Like you said, with the price, uh, we don't really have money concerns on this slate as far as the salary cap is concerned. So, yeah, I think I'm on it a little bit. So, other pitchers, okay. Aaron Savale, I kind of wanted to play him, but that game right now is listed as orange. You know, Roth does not like that game. Dylan Cease, I am going to be ceasing to play him. Yeah, sorry, I got dad jokes to base. Um, I wanted to, I, I really did, a couple hours ago, I said, I'm going to come on this show and make a case for John Lester because I figured, you know what? We've got a guy that if he's throwing well, the Cubs will continue to let him throw. Cincinnati does strike out at a high rate. Maybe we get, you know, maybe we get 15, 16 points here. Unfortunately, John, it doesn't, this game is really dangerous according to Roth too, especially for pitchers. Is there anybody up here that interests you a lot? Not really. I mean, I, I'm, there's no one you can make a really strong case for because the issue is we've got limited games and then there's 
weather issues in in a couple of the games that we know are you know that haven't been canceled already. Um, so yeah, I mean you're gonna have to take some risk. I, I do. I think with cash games you're gonna have to go with Josh James. I, I think there's no way around it. And then if you're really multi-entering for tournaments, you're gonna have to accept the risk of going with, with someone like Lester or that or Savale that could get rained out or they could get a, a range shorted outing. I wish I knew whether Lester was going to go because though I don't like him, I think because of the innings, he has big upside. Now, if I get news in the next hour and a half that less, that game's going to be good. We're going to play. I mean, do I love it? No. Will I roll the dice? Yes. I do like Adrian Hauser. And I wanted to talk about him because we're looking at a guy here that will probably throw 80 to 90 pitches, not a ton strikes out over 20% of his batters. He's got a matchup with Pittsburgh that it's not as good as what people are going to think it is Pittsburgh in the offseason, uh, the coaching staff, they have basically done nothing but preach, taking pitches, fouling pitches off, keeping at bats going long, which scares the crap out of me with Adrian Hauser. That said, I like the skill set. I like the implied run total. I don't think the downside is that high with Hauser. Keith, is he on your list? He's on the list, but I don't think the strikeouts are there. Uh, Pittsburgh's a team that, that doesn't strike out a lot. You've said they, they're getting more patient now, so – uh, definitely worry about that pitch count too. Um, I like somebody a little bit cheaper. Uh-oh, okay, so it's not <laughs> Michael Walker. It's definitely not Michael. Walker. It's not Michael Fulmer. He's going to throw nearly as many pitches as I will. Is it Mike Montgomery against the Tigers? It is. All right. Talk to me about yeah. Mike Montgomery, and I'm going to go throw, throw up a little while you do it. <laughs> yeah, I also am when I click the button. Yeah. Um, it's 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 just about attacking the Tigers. I mean, there, there's just not a ton of power. Um, I mean, Crone or Cabrera could run into one, but uh, like there isn't much else to work with. Um, I think there's a little bit of strike upside, uh, not a ton, but uh, just compared to everybody else, it, he's equal or better. And uh, just the price is, is there and you can play whoever you want pretty much if, if you run him out there. All right, John, I'll go to you now. Do we do we like Hauser at all? Do we like Montgomery? Do we like playing on FanDuel so you only have to roster one of these guys? Like, what's the plan tonight? <laughs> yeah, um, so I'd, I'd take the other slide maybe with Mike Montgomery and look at Michael Fulmer. Um, is, I don't think he's going to be limited in any way. Uh, and the he's, Tigers... he's supposed to be just the opener. Oh, is Fulmer just the opener? Yeah, he's just the opener. He is being followed by, oh, it's like Bo something. It's a guy I've never heard of. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta find the name. Bo Burrows, is that it? Yeah, Bo Burrows is the guy's name that's supposed to come in after Fulmer. Okay, yeah. So then that blows that out of the water. Um, I was gonna say a Fulmer because he was a, a full time starter previously. I, I wasn't expecting him to be the opener. Yeah, then we're even more limited. I mean, yeah. he would have been my guy too, for what it's worth. Like when I first looked at this slate, I assumed that Fulmer was going to be my lower on. You know, any anybody against the Royals, I'll play. Right. <laughs> and then cause we got an opener with Boston as well. Um, so, I mean, are we, are we thinking maybe trying to, to stick in Zach Godley? Because I think he's going to get a few innings after the, uh, after the Red Sox opener. Okay, here's my issue with Zach Godley, all right? He sucks. Right. <laughs> like, Zach Godley's not good. I mean, you're looking at what's the highest run total on the slate. Like, I don't know. Are you, are you playing Godley at all? Or are you just, uh, Keith, are you just staying off of Godley? Like, I don't want to play any of these guys. I really don't. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'll have any Godley. Um, yeah, I'm it's, with it, you, man. It's going to be Hauser before Godley for me. 
All right, so we like James, we like Hauser. I think you can play Glass now because three or four innings of Tyler Glass now might be enough on this slate. If I can get four or five innings out of Fulty, if I if you could guarantee me five innings out of Fulty, I really might lock him in tonight. Really, I don't know who else I would play, but um, yeah, it's definitely a slate where if you're playing Josh James, just know you got to get weird elsewhere. You know, if you can see the projected ownership right here, if you're playing Tyler Glass now and Josh James together. That's fine. They have good projections. Okay, just know that in tournaments, it's going to be tough to get a little bit different. Now, speaking of a little bit different, I want to touch on the sharp side of Streak app really quick because I got in there. I get through – Devin, go and throw my lock set up today because I already said I liked Adrian Hauser, so you know that I'm going to be messing with this game a little bit. It's going to be under 9.5 on the Pittsburgh-Milwaukee game. And, look, it's – I don't know. It's early in the season. <laughs> like, we're throwing darts, but it's still a really good ballpark. I think Hauser's fine. Steven Brault, somebody who I don't think is good, but he's better than people believe he is. Uh, Keith, did you have a sharp side lock pick of the day? I did. Uh, I've got the over in the uh, Boston Mets game. Okay. Um, loving both of those offenses. I think they can put up over the 11. Yeah, it's uh, that was – if I was going to go with something else – that was going to be it, which kind of leads to talking about some of these hitters because a lot of the chalk today is going to be revolved around the Boston Red Sox. I mean, you can see the projected ownership here, and I'm just giving it away. Like, sorry, Roto Grinders Premium Team. I'm just showing everybody the projected ownership. Uh, my bad. You know, J.D. Martinez, John, he has been over 30%, I think, every single slate we've had. He has been incredibly chalky. Boston, first night. They crushed it. Even though they didn't hit a lot of home runs, they were still the highest scoring team after that. Haven't been doing that great. What do we think about J.D. Martinez in the Boston offense as a whole time? So I, I think he's going to be one of the highest owned hitters for sure. Uh, probably his, his outfield mate, uh, Andrew Benatendi as well, um, just because he's got the platoon advantage. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm probably going to try to be underweight both of those guys uh, just because I don't know that they're necessarily going to, going to crush it as they have not, you know, they've, um, they've kind of been bad chalk the, the last couple of nights after, after, you know, after coming out of the gate really hot on, on opening night. Um, so yeah, I'm probably going to try to go underweight just because I think the ownership's going to be a little bit out of control. Okay. So I am still not sure what I want to do with Boston. Do I think they are the most likely team to score the most runs? Yeah, I do. At the same time, it's pretty much a pick and game with the Mets. And if you look down here on the Mets side, I mean, you've got high ownership, but not ownership that is, as high you know Keith you mentioned liking the over in this game do you have a particular side that you like I do prefer the Boston side but uh I'm more on the lefties uh it looks like Ben Intendi is going to be up there in uh ownership too uh Devers price is up there but I think that holds the ownership down a little bit and if I had gonna roster someone like Mike Montgomery I'm gonna have the money to do it so (laughs) Devers is the guy I'm (laughs) I'm on uh you're in Mike Montgomery man that's just you know, you wait four months to do a Roto Grinder show again, and now you and we're stuck talking about Mike Montgomery. It's just a, I don't know, it's a weird, <laughs> weird way to be. John, we're gonna talk about some of these stacks in between, but I got to talk to you about the stack that I know I know you're gonna play a little bit of it. You know, I'm gonna play a little bit of against Chalk Josh James. Let's talk about some Seattle stacks, baby. Are you with me here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I. You know, I think they're going to be very low owned, and I think they've got almost as good a chance as any other team. I mean, I, I think 
maybe my my top stack tonight would be the Mets. I, I do. I, I like them. They're getting a huge ballpark shift. I think there's a weird platoon thing because I think they're opening with the lefties. So I think the Mets lefties might be under own because people are going to see the L next to the Boston pitcher and they're going to like they're going to uh, go past uh, Conforto and and the Mets lefties. But I mean, I like the righties too. Um, so you know, I like the Mets a ton. But yeah, I mean, in terms of an under owned stack, I, I love Seattle. Um, they've got young player uh, Kyle Lewis. I think he's uh, outfield eligible. Um, he seems to have been doing well. Um, you know, Kyle Seager. I mean, it, you know, it's not a it's not a, you know powerful lineup, but it's not it's not a lineup that gets a lot of name recognition either. Um, and you know, if they're coming out at two percent owned, then I mean, that could be uh, GPP winning. So, all right. So I got to ask you: Can you pronounce the guy the name of the guy batting sixth for Seattle? Yes. Uh, let me see. Keith, can you? Uh-huh. Oh, it's Jose. I believe. Oh, Marmaleos. Yeah, I, Marmaleos, I believe. All right, all right. I, I, I'm just testing you. You know, a little early <laughs> season tests. You know, in case I have to start doing hockey shows. You know, I got to make sure I can start getting some weird names in there. But yeah, if you're going to differentiate, I don't hate the idea of playing Seattle. And um, you know, throw, like I said, throwing some guys that nobody have ever heard of, like a Kyle White. Kyle Lewis has been playing really well this year. And he, you know, he homered off Verlander. Um, so, yeah, he might be the only one to do that this year, sadly. All right, other stacks, Keith. Let's talk some of the other stacks that we like. Where else are you looking today? Uh, my favorite low on one is Kansas City. Um, kind of the same situation as John was talking about. You've got an opener in Fulmer who throws from the right side. I believe it's Soto that's projected to come in from the left side. Uh, so I'm loving the right-handed power in Kansas City. Uh, Soler would be the top pick there. Uh, love Mondesi and Perez as well. Franco can hit one out. So I'm on Kansas City. Yeah, I haven't lost money playing Mikel Franco in a while. This might be the slate to do it. Um, you know, Sal Perez, you know, we had a question in the chat earlier. And if you guys have a question in the chat, feel free to fire them up. We'd love to answer them. But, um, you know, they asked for a, you know, cheaper catcher. And I'm going to have problems finding a cheaper catcher that I like more than Sal Perez. I mean, just 2.7K over on DraftKings against a bottom five bullpen that is in a bullpen game after Mike Performer opens. So, uh, yeah, I like Sal Perez. John, are you on the Royals as well? Yeah, I mean, I think I think they'll be low owned, um, and you know, I mean, you're getting like nine innings against or eight innings against the Tigers bullpen, basically. Uh, so that's appealing. Um, I guess uh, you know, in terms of catcher, uh, Yasmani Grandel, I kind of like the the White Sox a little bit tonight. It's just a question of is that game going to play? Um, but I, you know, I like Grandel, I like the Incarnacion on the White Sox as a just in terms of a, a stack for the White Sox, and then with uh, Grandel fills that hard-to-fill uh, catcher position. Yeah, I, I I, wish I knew whether this White Sox-Indians game was going to play because I might very, I might just play, you know, Aaron Savale and just move on with my life. Um, I just don't know. Of course, if you want to know more, we're going to have Roth coming up at crunch time. That starts at 5 o'clock – or 6 o'clock, I'm sorry. starts at 6 o'clock Eastern, so make sure you check that out for you premium members out here. And um, That's yeah, five minutes. Five minutes before FanDuel lock. Yeah, so if you're playing on FanDuel, once again, lock is in, uh, what's that, 45 minutes? So, uh, yeah. Uh, they want to know how we feel about Keston Hira. Um, I, like, these Brewers righties, this is a game that does have weather issues as well, but I don't think it's going to be worried. Uh, it's not something that we're going to worry about. I don't know. What about the Brewers righties? Because Pittsburgh's a park. 
that typically holds righty power down, even though the Cardinals uh, threw that belief in the trash can over the weekend, the Cardinals. Uh, but the Brewers, you look at a guy like Lorenzo Cain, Kesson Hur, Ryan Braun's always been a lefty masher. I don't know. Maybe the Brewers are a little bit interested, Keith. Yeah, a little bit. Um, there's a couple <laughs> others I prefer. <laughs> um, I, I would rather go to to the Chicago-Cincinnati game um, if the weather holds up. Uh, if that if it looks like that game is not going to go, then I, I definitely think I would pivot to the Brewers. Uh, like the park is a little bit worrisome. Uh, Brault's a little bit better than people think. Um, not so not mo- not one of my top stacks, but but I could see that as a po- pivot if we run into some weather. Yeah, you know, and just talking about pivots, uh, let, we can talk about pivoting off this Mets Red Sox game. And it's as far as what game is likely to have the most runs. Keith, I know you think it's this game. John, do you think it's this game? I think it's Red Sox, Red Sox, Mets. Yeah. So everybody knows this too. There's going to be, I would guess, 40, 40 to 50% of lineups out there are going to have the Mets and or the Red Sox. So if you're, you know, single entry crane tonight, you might want to look elsewhere. Now, neither of these teams have the highest team total on the slate. That belongs to the Houston Astros against Kendall Graveman, a guy that didn't pitch last year, likes to get a lot of ground balls, but again, he's not all that great at pitching. So against Houston, that's not that big of an issue. John, I'm seeing projected ownership with the Astros lower than it probably should be. I'm not sure I buy that, but what do you do with the Astros tonight? Because if they're going to be low owned, we're supposed to have a lot of interest. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a great point. Um, that, yeah, they're not the first pivot that came to mind just because I kind of perceiving them to be popular, even though they probably won't be. I think everyone is going to gravitate to that Red Sox game. And yeah, I mean, that, that Houston Astros lineup is still loaded. So you've got uh, Springer and Correa and Bregman. Um, and they, they're, they're facing up against Kendall Graveman, who's, who's coming back from an injury. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good, they, they, they're going to be lower owned than they should be. Maybe we should, we should help correct that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing yet. Like I said, I'm building one lineup tonight. I have not decided right now it's Boston and Seattle. Um, Man, that is a depressing sentence to say. You know, we have had Jamino upload, or he has updated projections a little bit, but still, we're not. We're seeing George Springer at thirteen percent, Jose Altuve at eleven percent, nobody else over nine. And Keith for a team with a five and a half, five point seven, you know, run team total. I don't really know why more people aren't interested in Houston. Yeah, I I definitely like it. Um, I we don't really know what Graveman's going to do. I don't think he's pitched. I mean, he pitched a little bit at the end of last year, but he missed a year and a half before that, I think. Uh, and that Seattle bullpen is is terrible. So I think that's a great spot to attack. And if they're going to be this low-owned, yeah, I have a lot of interest. Oh, John, you know what we're going to do tonight? We're game stacking Houston and Seattle. Yeah, all right. Yeah, let's <laughs> do it, baby. <laughs> Good time, man, that is. We're going to be the only people watching that game outside of Houston and Seattle. <laughs> and people in Seattle, let's face it, they're watching the Sounders and they're getting ready for the Kraken. They're not watching the Mariners anyway. So uh, yeah. it's nice. All the games start early tonight. So we're not going to be up late like we usually are. Well, I mean, unless you're getting ready for KBO. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you can at least get a nap in, you know, before you say oh, KBO. My sleep schedule is still just a complete disaster. I slept until 10 this morning and it was like, it was, it was like God shining down on me. That was amazing. Um, we got some questions about the Braves in the chat. Robert Thompson really, really wants to know about the Braves. So 
Let's talk about Atlanta because this is one of those spots that is interesting because we've talked about Tyler Glass now, how he's probably not going to go more than three, maybe four innings, which means that we get a raised bullpen. Now, the raised bullpen, it's one of the better bullpens in baseball. That said, it's still a bullpen. It's still a team in Atlanta that can put up runs in a hurry. Keith, should we be more interested in Atlanta? I don't think so, and I think you're you're right. I mean, Glasnow is is very tough when he's in there, and then the bullpen it, it does scare me off them a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I'm sort of with you. I they are way far down on my list. You know, Tampa Bay is one of those teams that is smarter than the average bear. You know, they're not just throwing out these gas cans like a lot of teams are. I'm not playing Atlanta, John. Do you have any of in the Braves? Not really, and I think the issue is the bullpen and the ballpark as well. Um, you know, cause they're, they're playing in Tampa and that's just a, a park that's going to suppress runs a little bit. So you're just, you're not as likely to see a huge blowout game, you know, 12, 13 runs. Uh, and it's part of the reason I think the Tampa bullpen looks so good is they're fishing half their games in a, in a good pitcher stadium. Uh, apparently KBO is off of FanDuel now. Oh, we, are, we hardly knew ye. Their prize pools were getting tiny though, as it is. Um, they didn't even have the pictures. They said the team <laughs> team name, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Dutton starting pitcher, right? <laughs> Wong starting pitcher. And how many have, play, How many players, KBO players, could you name right now? Like Wong starter was one that I can name <laughs> um, <laughs> on Fanduel at least. They didn't. They updated everything after all the games too. I don't know. I remember from oh, was, my one week of playing. I had leaders, some, all the games were over. I had some talks with FanDuel about that saying, look, guys, if people are staying up until 6 a.m. watching these <laughs> games, update the bleeping scores. And, well, I guess they, they don't listen to me. I don't have enough pull over there. Uh, let's talk about Cleveland because, obviously, Jose Ramirez had the massive day yesterday. They get a guy in Dylan Cease now. Good prospect. Get some strikeouts in the minors. Still weather concerns here. Keith, are you on Cleveland? Uh, I'm not on Cleveland uh, Cease is talented, uh, high strikeout upside. He can get a little bit wild, so there could be some stack potential. If I'm playing him, it's going to be a full stack. Yeah, yeah, you definitely wouldn't go. I wouldn't go one-offs here, even with Jose Ramirez. He's somebody that does run really hot and cold. I'm still not that interested in him. I do like playing against the bullpen, though. Um, what about you, John? Are you on Cleveland at all? No, I think Keith said it well. I, I think, you know, I'll have – some stacks, but um, it's not a lineup I'm looking towards for the one-off power. Um, and then there's the weather concern as well. Trying to find these other stacks that might be low on Detroit. I'm seeing a little bit of ownership flowing toward the Detroit Tigers, Keith. I'm so sorry. That's uh, that. Hey, that just means you're getting leverage with your Mike Montgomery teams. You're right. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a little Detroit too. Uh, like I said, that, that the righty power can definitely get to Montgomery. So I'll, I'll have some Crone and Cabrera in there. Look, I just, I just don't get it. Like, are people really going to play Detroit when this is a slate where salary doesn't really matter? All right. We, we have all the salary we want on this slate. Boston's too cheap. Everybody's too cheap. The starting pitchers all stink. So you can save a little bit of money there. I don't understand why people are going to play Detroit over Houston. I'm really talking myself into Houston now. I think that's where I'm going to go. We do have a question, though. Can you guys or anyone answer me? <laughs> we can answer you, buddy. We got you. Should I go Suarez, J.D. Davis, or Kyle Seeger? Single entry term. Got the salary for all of them. And, John, I'm assuming that this guy is kind of new to 
baseball? Because the answer is always go with the correlation. But do you have a preference between those three? I like J.D. Davis. Um, okay. I actually kind of like him as a pivot to um, from J.D. Martinez. Go J.D. to J.D. because they're about the same price on, on DraftKings. Um, and I think J.D. Davis has got good power. You know, he's getting a huge ballpark upgrade. Um, so, yeah, I like J.D. Davis. I actually don't even remember who the other two guys were. It was Eugenio Suarez and Kyle Seager. Yeah, so, I'd, yeah, J.D. Davis. Definitely <laughs> J.D. Davis for you there. Um, and, yeah, again, like, he's not going to be too popular. He'll be probably, you know, 14 15% or so. So, uh, yeah, J.D. Davis, I think that is fine. And, of course, if, if you're – what you guys got to understand. Now, if you're playing cash games, this obviously doesn't matter. But, you know, Keith, maybe explain to the people – why stacking is so important in baseball because we've got people coming in now you know the season's just starting we're definitely going to be having some guys coming in that have never played dfs baseball and the question the answer with questions like that is always just to correlate i mean keith explain to the people why correlation is so important in baseball just the way the scoring system works um and just how hard uh, baseball is to predict i mean just to absolutely nail the correct three or four home runs from random guys across four different lineups is really hard to do. Um, when your lineup is correlated and the team starts going on a little run, you start picking up run score. So you get the walks, the singles first, and then you get the run scored and the RBIs as they get driven in. Somebody hits a two, two run, three run homer. Now you're in business as all your guys are going to be getting points on that. Yeah. Um, if you want to take a look at sort of some, you know, just, just to learn from some of the pros, take a look at the $1,500 contest, even the $333 contest over on DraftKings or on FanDuel, because you're going to see the top players night in and night out double stacking. You're going to see them going five from one team, three from another. On FanDuel, it's 4-4. Four, four. You stack four from one team, four from another. And on nearly every tournament team that's at the top of the leaderboard, that's what you're going to see. And as Keith said, it is really bleeping hard just to try and pick out the home runs. Like, if you try and do that, you're going to lose. It's like, you know, I cannot believe I'm going to this reference because it's, I'm completely backwards here. It's like trying to find goals in soccer. What a life I've learned to live over this, over this quarantine time. <laughs> but it's just, it's not good to do. And if you're not double stacking, you're really giving up a lot of an edge. And uh, yeah, just kind of take a look at those big tournaments. You know, we post the links to the FanDuel contest over on Rotor Grinders in the forum. So you can see what other pros are doing. DraftKings, you can do it just from the user page. Just click a live contest, you know, click the sport, click live contest. You can see any live contest that's running. Take a look at what the pros are doing. Try and emulate that, and you're going to be better for it. Um, <laughs> Eric Johnson wants to know if the Marlins are going to be loaned. Yes, they will be. Uh, okay, we got a question here. FSU Drew wants to know, what is the best way to stack the Red Sox? Now, there are a lot of different ways to do it. You know, everybody, as you said earlier, everybody's going to play J.D. Martinez. Andrew Benintendi has been incredibly popular as well as incredibly bad. Um, John, do you have a preferable way to stack the Red Sox? I mean, you know, you're going to have to decide whether you want to go with J.D. Martinez or not. Um, You know, I'd probably, you know, if I'm going to try to do a little bit of a contrarian, I'm going to maybe skip Martinez and maybe go with someone like Mitch Moreland, who still has a ton of power. Um, and he's probably going to have a fraction of the ownership of, of J.D. Martinez. Um, then you've got the guys, the lower lower part of the, the lineup, uh, Verdugo, John, Jackie Bradley, 
The Dudes are still good hitters. Um, they're getting getting between advantage against Michael Waka. Um, so maybe that's what you do is, is you go a little bit farther down the lineup, you know, Moreland, Verdugo, Bradley. And then if you're playing on DraftKings, you can, you can get the catcher in there as well. Vasquez. Yeah. Christian Vasquez is fine. Mitch Moreland, somebody that if he's going to be under 10% hitting fifth for this team, I have got a ton of interest in him. In fact, Keith, if I was stacking up Boston, I think Moreland would be the guy that I made sure to get in there because he has as much power as anybody on Boston. And if he's going to be under 10%, He's the kind of guy that I want in my stacks. Yep. And then I, I think another key to differentiate is the three man you play them with needs to be low owned. So somebody like the Royals, even the Rays maybe, um, but definitely a low owned stack with them. You can't pair them and um, who's going to be next the popular. Did, yeah, exactly. Game stack it. Like good luck getting yeah. different, you know, differentiating with the game stack. You're going to have to play a pitcher. That's, you know, 3% owned if you do that. Yeah. And it's and I think that's a really good point because my first build today was a Boston stack and I kind of looked and I said I can't play a good team with them. <laughs> you know, that's why I said oh, maybe I go to Seattle. Like if you're playing Boston, everybody's going to be playing with Boston. That stack's going to be 25, 30, 40 even maybe even percent on. Get weird with it. Go a little crazy. Make yourself a little bit uncomfortable with who you play. Um at least Jose Peraza is hitting ninth again. So John, we don't have to lose money with Jose Peraza batting in the middle of the order. Aren't you glad about that? Yeah, I mean, that was, so he was the chalk, was it? Yes, just last night, um, especially in cash games. I think he was like second base, second base eligible. I, I think he was like 70% owned. That's so silly. <laughs> and I, he was hitting fifth in like 2,300, and I get it, but it's still Jose Peraza who's bad at baseball. Although the opening night, he did great. How many points did he have opening night? It's something stupid. Yeah, 24 DK points, and he hasn't had a, and he hasn't had a hit since. So, uh, yeah. All right. Um, we have a question. We are we kind of talked about this. Is it best to do a 5X stack or a 4-3-1 stack? FanDuel, I'm doing 4-4 or 4-3-1. DraftKings, I'm almost always doing 5-3. If you want to do five-man stack and then three guys for home runs, that's fine. You know, John, you're somebody that has had a ton of success in qualifiers which means that you have a ton of success of getting right to the top of the leaderboard. Do you have a preference when you're trying to make sure you get that number one spot? I've gone back and forth. I mean, this is something that I, I think about almost every day. I, I don't think there is a right answer. I think it depends. I think sometimes with the pricing, depending on the slate, uh, five-man stacks, you know, you kind of run into combinations. You, you can't really stack a team effectively with pitchers uh, with doing five men. Uh, and sometimes you've got multiple first basemen uh, that, you know, you'd want to get both of the first basemen in. Like you see like the white Sox uh, might have a brain and Encarnacion. Um, so I actually try to mix it up now. I do both. Um, I'll do a, a pile of, of five man stacks and I'll do a pile of, of four man stacks just because a lot of times you can't get a good stack with all five guys. Yeah. it's And that's, it, I know it's frustrating because you know, if you have that, you have a five-man stack and four of the guys crushing yours, I just need that one of the guy. Come on, Jose Peraza, do it for me. And, well, he never does because it's Jose Peraza. Um, I know it's it can be frustrating, but if you've got a team that puts up 13, 14, 15 runs, chances are you're going to need the five-man stack of that team because they're going to be doing it. Uh, they're going to be hitting some dingers. Um, if you got any more questions, go ahead and fire them up in the chat. We would love to answer them. They didn't want to know about some of the low-owned stacks. Uh, we've talked about the Royals. 
we've talked about the Tigers. We have begrudgingly talked about the Seattle Mariners. Keith, any other low-owned stacks for you? Because that ownership's pretty spread out tonight as far as the secondary stacks outside of Boston. Um, I do have a little interest in Tampa Bay. Oh. Um, Fultonevich can give up some power. Uh, he, he started to come on at the end of last year a little bit. But if he's more the guy we saw in the first half last year, I mean, Tampa Bay can, can hit some home runs. The problem with stacking Tampa Bay is that I never know who to play. I, I like I mean I mean G Man Choi is leading up. Did you see the G Man Choi thing yesterday? Hit right handed for the first time in his life and hit and, and Homer. That was amazing. <laughs> John, did you see this? I didn't. I didn't see that. Uh, yeah, he, he is now a switch hitter after training with his brother in Korea at his brother's hitting school. Came over, had his first right handed at bat of his career, and hit a dong. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, not you. Got to be more impressed than that. <laughs> that was good for him. Oh, not, oh come on. That was... I'm glad he didn't go back to the KBO. I was worried he was going to go to Korea. Be <laughs> <laughs> totally honest. I'm, I'm glad he's been you know, sticking it out in, in MLB. Yep. We now we just got to bring uh, Mel Rojas back over. We've got to bring uh, Dan Straley back. By the way, for you guys who have not been paying attention to KBO, Dan Straley's an ace over there. What a world. You know, Keith, you mentioned the Tampa Bay Rays. Is there anybody on the Rays that you like in particular? I assume it has to be the lefties because Fulte has always had trouble with left-handed hitters. Yep, absolutely. The lefties, uh, Choi, Lau, uh, Sutsugo, and maybe some Wendell, but he doesn't have quite as much power. So so really just the guys at the top of the order. All right. And you can always play my boy Jose Martinez, former Cardinal great. And um, I hope you're doing well over in Tampa Bay, Jose. We miss you up here. Um QQ, how do we handle weather reports for cash games? Um, you know, John, I know you play a little bit of cash. I'll let you answer this one. To me, if it is even a little bit concerning, though, I stay the bleep away. Yeah, definitely. I think you have to just because you, you can't take that zero if you even avoid it. Um, I think tonight we're a little bit fortunate because the um, like the Mets-Boston game is probably where a lot of the cash game components are going to come from. So it's the weather concerns aren't as uh, – aren't as bad in, in that game. I, mean, I don't think there are any other weather concerns in, in the Boston game. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be avoiding, uh, you know, the Cubs, Reds, White Sox and Indians in cash. Yeah, and like here, if you're building the cash lineup, and I know we're supposed to talk about tournaments, but um, I'm on air, so I'll do what I want. Like you're playing Josh James here. Th- this is what a lot of people are going to do. All right. We're playing, let's see, Andrew Benintendi, even though he stinks, we're playing, Xander Bogarts, because he's cheap enough. We're playing, uh, who else? J.D. Martinez. Let's go to the Mets side. I mean, th- this is basically what you're doing, right, if you're building cash games. Am I missing something? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's yeah, exactly how I think most people are going to start. Yeah, let's see. Who else have we got? Uh, Ahmed Rosario. I'm not paying 5000 from Ahmed Rosario when I can pay 4 2 for Xander. Like, cash games are just going to be Boston stacks. They're too cheap. Yeah. If you want, if you want to differentiate tonight, don't play Boston because everybody's going to be playing the Reds. I'm not playing the Reds. I have Red Sox on my team right now. I'm not messing with it. And not there's do it. it burns me. It burns me. There's no picture to pay up for other than Fulty. Yeah, that you know, it's a good sign, good point you're making there. And I, I'm not sure if it was even the point you were making, but I'll just make it. <laughs> Leave some salary on the table tonight, boys. Yeah. Do not be afraid. I, I have built some lineups that I consider viable that had 2,500 bucks left on the table. And I, I know it's uncomfortable because you always look at your line and say, man, but I could upgrade this to that or whatever. It's baseball. They're going to get four or five chances maybe. Embrace the variance. 
Keith, I think you're, if you're ever going to leave salary on the table, this is a really good slate to do it. I agree. Totally. And and like you said, when, when you have the 2,500 sitting there and you're like, oh, I can get up from uh, Kyle Lewis to J.D. Martinez, why wouldn't I do that? Well, it's important to stick with your correlations. Yep, exactly. And if you're in plus, Kyle Lewis is going to be 2% as opposed to J.D. Martinez being 35%. Is there a 17 and a half times you know, chance that J.D. Martinez outscores Kyle Lewis? No, no, there's not. Uh, they want to know Devers or Bregman. I think Bregman's going to be a heck of a lot less owned. I think they both have an equal chance to do something, so I'm definitely going to go with Bregman there. Um, we, Tyler keeps wanting to know about a Cincinnati stack. As somebody who was going to play John Lester, if it was okay, I'm not all aboard the Cincinnati stack, but, heck, he wants to know. Philip Irvin, somebody who – has Philip Irvin – here, John, has Philip Irvin ever been priced over $2,000 on FanDuel? A Fanduel? Um, I'm not sure. He's yeah, he's cheap on DraftKings as well. I actually like the red stack um, because they've got some power. I I I wish there weren't so many weather concerns in that game, uh, but they've got Aquino at Aristides Aquino guy hit like 47 home runs and 500 at bats last year between AAA and the majors. Uh, I don't know that people necessarily know who he is, and and he's kind of an all or nothing type hitter. Um, but yeah, I mean he can he can hit bombs so that's a guy that's probably going to be very low owned um, and has multiple home run upside, just assuming the game plays and plays all nine innings. Yeah. I, if you were going to play the Reds, I have no problem with it. And there is a, the Reds are as boomer bust as it gets, which I think makes John Lester, if the game goes also very boomer bust, but Adenio Suarez, Nick Castellanos, Aquino, um, you know, Joey Votto has actually been hitting the ball really hard since the beginning of the season. Even Philip Urban at the top of the line. If I have no problem with these guys, and on the other side, I mean, Keith, are you? Are we playing the Cubs? Maybe this is the game stack. Yeah, I have interest in the Cubs too. More power. Um, I, Reds for me, definitely one through five only. Um, but I do, I do like the power in the lineup. Uh, Nick Castellanos revenge night. Um, He's bad too. And- I, I have a, I have a buddy who's a Cubs fan that sent me like this. I, I'm not kidding. I was like, like a 10 paragraph thing about why Cassidy was a great play tonight. And it all revolved around. He was mad at the Cubs. Yeah. For not bringing them back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do like the Cubs side too, as, as long as the weather's good. Um, got, uh, Brian, I mean, it's, it's, it's really the top five there too. Um, I don't mind taking a stab on Sousa. He's got some power, but I haven't, we haven't really seen it yet. Uh, coming back from an injury. I rostered Steven Souza Jr. so much when he was with Arizona that I feel like I should own a jersey at this point. Only he never won me any money, so I'm a little I'm a little angry. It's the I, John. I see you nodding, so I know you're in the same boat too. I should buy a jersey, you know, from him for no reason. Yeah, just, to, <laughs> just to sacrifice it uh, for disappointing <laughs> me so many times. <laughs> yep, that'll be a good uh, good toilet paper if we win it. Uh, QQ, who's the better bat to finish a three-man stack of the Astros with Altuve and Brantley locked in? Bregman or Springer? I'm always I'm always going Bregman myself. Yeah, so Springer Springer is hitting leadoff. Um, so with a stack, like it's, it's not as correlative as Bregman is because Springer hits a leadoff home run. It's, a, it's he's only getting points for himself. Um, you know, and it, so it's not a huge difference in the correlation, but. Yeah, I'd probably go with Bregman. Yeah, I'm, I, Bregman's just a better hitter. Like, uh, they want to know Josh James' ownership on FanDuel. Keith, I feel like we're probably looking at 50% here on Josh James. I, I mean, you know what? Heck, I don't care. I'll pull it up. 
Sorry, sorry, premium people, but I'm pulling it up. We're going to find out exactly uh, what the Josh James projected ownership is. You can probably, you might be able to see my really, really, yeah, my awful script from the early only. Is Jared Weaver still getting, or uh, not Luke Weaver, is Luke Weaver still getting crushed? Does anybody know? Probably. Okay. I can tell you. <laughs> uh, one second. Yeah, he was getting, like, I looked up, and he was the first one to uh, give up a run on the site. I'm like, oh, that's always a good time for the guy I have 100% of. Uh, Josh James. Two runs. Huh? The Padres currently have the bases loaded with nobody out. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, there's six minutes left in this show, and you guys get to watch six <laughs> minutes of pain. Keith, you can just update me, and I will And I don't have my currently winnings up, but I promise you they're going down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh James over on FanDuel, we're looking at about 44%. You know, FanDuel, he's 6.7K. I would be more apt – to play Josh James on FanDuel, actually, and just leave a thousand bucks on the table on every single on every single lineup. Like John, do you think that's a viable strategy over there? Because he's sixty seven hundred, so literally everybody's going to play Josh James and just pay up for a ton of bats. Shouldn't we just get play Josh James, leave some salary on the table, and see what happens? You can, and and I think that's that's something that plays in with stacking as well. You're trying to avoid duplicate uh, duplicated lineups, right? Because there's only so many four and four combinations you can have. And when you've got like a, you know, 50,000 person tournament um, and everyone's trying to stack four and four, one way to make sure you avoid duplicates is make sure you're leaving a ton of money on the table. Now there's some nights if the pricing's really tight, that that's going to be unwise, right? Like, because you're going to, you're going to end up with just terrible lineups, but yeah. you know, tonight's a night where we think the best pitcher is priced at, you know, 6,000, you know, 6,700 then yeah, you can leave some money on the table and still have uh, an effective lineup. Yep. I might, I might just do that. I wasn't going to play FanDuel tonight, but I might throw 150 in there and just lock Josh. You only have 20 minutes. What? You only have 20 minutes if you're going to play tonight. Come on. You multi-enter every slate. How long does it take you to actually build a script? Yeah. I mean, well, (laughs) hopefully not long. (laughs) I'll I'll move quick. I like the win, baby. And again, if you are playing FanDuel, lock is in 20 minutes. All right, Keith. Give me some home run calls, buddy. Who's hitting a dong tonight? Um, sorry, I wasn't prepared for this. That's all right. Uh, I, let's I, go. I, let's I, go, I, Devers. <laughs> yeah, quick. Devers. Like you just never know where it's going to come from. Yeah, Devers. Rafael Devers. All right. What about you, uh, John? Who's hitting one out for you tonight? Uh, I'm going with Aquino. Uh, the Reds. Aquino. Yeah. Oh, you really want that Cincinnati game to play, don't you? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, I, assuming the game plays, I like him. I like him in that ballpark. Um, I think he's got a ton of power. So, All right, best shortstop option. I mean, I'm going with Bregman. I think a lot of people are going to play Xander. I think they're both great plays. Do you have anybody else, Keith? Um, Javi Baez, if the, if the weather's good. I like the Javi Baez. Uh, I, uh, Alberto Mondesi, too. Yeah. Oh, he's you, cheap. You even got like the John. Yeah. Yeah. For the <laughs> he, he's cheap. <laughs> yeah. You don't really need the money, but tonight, but I mean, he's, I think he's the best value at shortstop. All right. Uh, who are the two pitchers? And we're just going to build the guys whole lineup. I should stack in a single entry that it has the Reds and Astros. So the offenses are going to be pretty low owned. Um, I'm still not playing Josh James. I'm single entry. Like I'm just not. You want to multi-enter and have a lot of Josh James, I get it. 
But if you're just single entry life, like he's going to be 75% owned. If he somehow has a bad outing, you're knocking out three quarters of the, uh, of the, you know, your opponents. So I definitely have no problem fading Josh James. I would, pr- I'm going Hauser. I like my boy Hauser tonight. And that SP two, I don't, I don't know, man. Like it's whoever fits. Like if you can fit faulty, I say go for it. John, do you have a preference here? Well, we have to see what games are going to play. So the, the Roth updates are going to be pivotal. Cause I think was uh Savale's uh, viable, but not if it rains out. You know, I think John Lester is viable, even though I, I like the Reds power. Uh, you know, I think Lester is viable, but again, again, Wade Miley, it's, it's a desperate night for pitching. Um, but if they, if these games are still looking ugly, when we get up, you know, up to lock time on DraftKings, um, it's going to be really hard to avoid Josh James. I think if less, if this game goes, I think Lester is elite GPP option. And I understand Cardi is probably going to come on in 10 minutes and tell you guys that I'm an idiot. That's all right. I can live with that. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Let's end it on a sad note. Jackie Bradley Jr. or Jacoby Jones? Neither. Neither. Neither is <laughs> the answer. That's what we're going That's, with. I mean, I go Bradley just because of the projected run total, but I think he's hitting ninth, eighth or ninth. Um, and that just means he correlates with the leadoff hitter. You play him with Ben and Teddy. Uh, it's eighth. He's, he's hitting eighth. He correlates with Parazza. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, well, if you want to throw up a little bit, that you go with the Jackie Bradley Jr., Jose Peraza, Andrew Benintendi lineup, and um, well, we'll torch our money together. But guys, we got to get off here. we got to make way for crunch time. That's going to be coming up for you premium users here in about 10 minutes. Once again, make sure you check out the SharpSide app. I'm My current streak is at zero, which is less than I'm wanting it to be, so I'm going to try and get back on the uh, back on the horse tonight. I want to thank Keith Iser and John Breslin for joining me. I'm Eric Crane. Good luck tonight, everybody. See you later. Peace.